Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey, where we are ready with another big show. I've got already Anthony LaRocco right with me, but I'm going to announce him again in a second. Phil will be on in just a moment with us. We do have the trifecta back. It's not a two-man show yet again. So let me go back to introducing myself. My name is Mark Williams, your host. And I am joined by the ecstatic Islander fan, our contributor, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Uh, Mark, I have, I have a question for you. What, what do you um, what do you think the chances are that uh, that that fan that um yelled at Lou for Meyer Horvat, uh, his family has filed a missing persons report. <laughs> well, he's definitely sleeping with a horse's head in his bed right now, and uh, you know, but did then you, again, the, Lou was listening. Did you see the? Lou was listening. Did you see the, the team of Meyer, uh, Bo Horvat? Come on. And here he is. It's... Did you see the look? Did you see the look that Lou gave him when he looked up at him? <laughs> oh, well, if you haven't watched our short with it, I, I had a little bit of fun on the breaking news. <clears throat> but it's definitely the uh, we, we did in our first year, the Lou Amarillo gif of him doing the hey, shut up. Well, uh, it's a Mark, secret. Uh, shut up. I'm just, I'm just going to let our viewers know that you you've dropped down the depth chart of people that Lou hates the most. You are you are <laughs> one. I think after I think I think now the guy that yelled at him is probably one and you've dropped to you've dropped to two. So at least that's at least that's good for you. That's that that is good for me. And I'm very happy that uh, that a Hall of Fame general manager doesn't want me dead anymore. So that's <laughs> that's definitely the best thing about it. By the way, to break this news to everybody, we are joining forces with the Hockey Podcast Network. You can now hear us on the Hockey Pod the Hockey Podcast Network uh, websites. Also, we have everything going through iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey. I mean, you name it. Anywhere where we can broadcast, we are broadcasting everywhere. As soon as Instagram lets me broadcast, I'm going to be shooting it through there. Uh, and we're going to be working on getting us on our private website. There is a lot that we have and a lot that we're going to cover. And uh, I'm still going to. Give uh, I'm gonna give Phil another minute to see whether or not he can he can get on with us. If not, we'll just start with the Islanders. It's all right because I mean, first Anthony, it's it's still unbelievable to me that they that they got Bo Horvat, how they did, and just now, yeah. All right, we'll we'll start talking about that. He's eighth in the NHL in goals scored. What's the one thing the Islanders need? Goal scoring. Yep. How do you think they're going to utilize Bo Horvat right now? Well, I mean, Lane Lambert's got a lot of options. Um, you know, I, I don't – people suggested Nelson move to the wing, but, um, Mark, you know, ever since Palmieri came back from injury, he's had four assists in his last five games. Uh, Lee's been scoring goals, and, and Nelson's racking up the points again. That line has been their best line. Um, so I don't think he's going to mess with that. Uh, so I think the, the logical choice here is that he's going to move um, Barzell to the wing. Um, and have Horvat center him because Horvat's one of the best centermen in the league uh, in terms of faceoffs percentage. So I think, um, I mean, either or, they might leave Barzell at center ice because he's more of a playmaker and let Horvat be the finisher. But either or, I I'm almost certain that Nels that uh, Barzell is going to play with Horvat. That I think that's almost a certainty. How did you feel with Barzell on the wing? Because they they moved Barzell to wing. A couple times. Well, yeah, there were a couple. There were a couple times during the course of the season where 
Lane has tried Nelson with Lee and Barzell. Um, that was mostly in games when they they lost the forward to injury and they had to like mix things up. But so they've done it before. Um, but oddly enough, when when they have done that, Nelson's been on the one on the wing and Barzell was still at center ice. So um, I mean, Barzell he could play the wing, uh, but I think he's still best suited for center. And you know, you know, we made he made that comment. You remember when they were really struggling that it was it's kind of hard to find chemistry when you're playing with a different winger every game. And I think that resonated mm-hmm. with Lou a lot. Um, you know, now he's, now he's got a guy uh, that could finish when he gets him the puck. So like I said, I would be absolutely shocked if Horvat plays with anyone else other than Matt Barzell. Now, does this change the first power play unit? Absolutely. Um, you know, Bo, Bo Horvat is very productive on the power play. Um, he's got a good shot. Actually the game, when the Islanders played the Canucks in Vancouver, the Islanders won, but Horvat scored two goals, and one of the goals was in that bumper spot on the power play. He just let a Richter fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably where he's going to be. He's certainly going to be on the first power play unit um, with Barzell. Um, they tur- they switched things up recently where Nelson wasn't on the number one unit anymore, tried to spread out the talent. Um, but now that Horvat's there, they may try to overload that first unit and put all their big guns on that top unit. So we'll see how it works out. But Horvat will definitely improve the power play. All right. And does that mean Brock Nelson is off power play one or is he still? Well, no, I just said he, he he tried to mix it up and put him on the second unit. But now that Horvat's here, like I said, they may overload it and put Nelson on there, too. So, oh, OK, my, my um, mistake is I was so focused on because usually Nelson's been the bumper for them, right? Yeah, I. I I um I I I do think they might like I said they don't might all play on the same power play unit but um it gives them a lot of options now and you know uh, it's as an Islander fan it's it's exciting that he's on the roster and especially being that the consensus is um is that he's probably is going to resign which makes it which makes it even better so um I'm looking forward to getting started it sucks that you know there's the break and the All Star game and we have to wait until uh you know, next Monday they see him in action, but we will get to see him in an Islander uniform at the skills competition, Mark. Here's uh, one thing mentioned, though, Anthony, why it's actually a great time for them to have gotten Bo Horvat. Because, I, I mean, if he wasn't going to the All-Star game, he would actually have practice time with them. Yes. Um, but instead, he might have had, like, maybe some familiarities with, with or getting settled in finding a place to live right now. Cause everybody forgets these guys are human mm-hmm. and those are things that he needed to do. Yeah, He's in he Disneyland right now, apparently on vacation when he found out about the trade. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Well, that's, that's definitely an interesting take, but by the way, the other news that broke today is that he'll still be uh, playing for uh, the, the Pacific in the all-star game. So it could come down in a game where he scores a goal on Ilya Sorokin <laughs> with Brock Nelson defending him. And he kind of has to look over and go, sorry, boys, I'm not your teammate yet officially, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's minor, but I, I think the league, I mean, why not just add him to the, the Metro division and then add a player to yeah. the other divisions. I mean, cause the fact like, you know, it's silly. The skills competition. He's going to be in an Islanders uniform playing for the Pacific Division. It's just, I think that would have been the, the easier choice. But, um, you know, it is what it is. I think, you know, right now there's an excitement even around the Islander fan base. Uh, you know, they won their last two games for the break. And, you know, now they add Horvat. And 
you know, they're right in the mix. So, um, I, I think, I think, which I know we're going to talk about later, but Mark, I'll tell you, Lou's not, Lou's not done. And yeah, he, he's welcome, yeah. but Lou's not <laughs> done. He's not done. Um, you know, you can just point to the fact that he got Vancouver to retain 25% of the salary on Horvat, uh, which means there was no cap change to their cap from the trade. So it remained the same. And then on top of that, Mark, you know what he's, you know what he's not doing? What is he not doing? He's not putting Clutterbuck and Wallstrom on LTIR, even though they're both done. And you know why that is, Mark? Because that'll free up more cap space. So he can continue to accrue cap space. If the if you put him on LTIR, he wouldn't accrue anymore. So he's he's gearing up. Um, he's got we have the Islanders have eleven point six million dollars worth of cap space at the trade deadline. Um, you know, and if, if they come out of the gates here after the All Star break, and you know they they string a lot of wins together, um, I think he's going to add further. So I got to say, by the way, Anthony, I love this nickname state of survival has given them but they got to move in uh, please remove invisibility oh please is, yeah please. i yeah. mean i gotta agree with you he right now he's barely visible so yeah best, yeah best way to say that wicked is saying what's going on guys i'm still hoping for mayfield varley and parise trade get <laughs> as many first and second round picks as possible then sign horvat and we can retool so, I hate to say this. If you're if you're trading those guys, that's not going to help because they need. If you make the Horvat trade, you have to go for the playoffs. And then once the Islanders get in, I, I mean, who knows? Wicked. I, I I get the sentiment, but you you just made an all in move by trading Bo Horvat. Um, you're not you're you're not trading those three. You're not trading those three guys right now, um, unless the wheels completely fall off the bus from now until the deadline it's just simply not happening and the other and the other point of that too is parise has been good but actually really good for his age but even still at his age i mean there's no point to move him what are you going to get a third or fourth round pick so maybe at that they're you're not, not getting much they're not, but they're not we've got to stop we, we got to stop because i have to introduce the third you don't have member to stop of the to crew with me yeah you don't have to stop to introduce me now <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's customary to always do it. To mention the host of the final buzzer, Mr. John Falkowski, who's back with us again. Get right back to where you were. What were you guys saying? Actually, we were just we were actually just taking some questions first. And sorry about that. And uh, we're well, gonna I, go. I appreciate right- uh, I appreciate the filk being unselfish and just wanting me to, to keep powering through there for a moment. But um, now, Phil, I was just basically telling Wicked that. Um, because he's saying he hopes the Islanders trade Mayfield, Varlamov, and Parise to recoup some picks. And, I mean, while I get the sentiment, you know, you, you want to start to restock this system here, you, you just made an all-in move. You, you're not you're, – you're clearly going for it. You're not moving any of those three. So, um, you know, at this point, yeah. it's, 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 full, it's full steam ahead. Um, and if anything, if they, if they get on a roll here, Lou's going to look to add further. So yeah, you're, that's you're basically not... what he's kind of up with. You're not after you make that kind of move, you give it your top prospect, another young roster player, and a first round pick when your cupboard's already bare. You're going for it. It's not, there's no recouping and going back, taking two steps forward to go one step backward and just being one step ahead. No, you don't do that. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. They they have to keep going forward. By the way, just before we get started, everybody make sure you hit that subscribe button and appease the YouTube gods. Make sure you like and hit that bell as well. So we're going to have to start with the news. It That was kind of like a little bit of last week, but <clears throat> still we have to mention, unfortunately, uh, the New York Rangers do not wear their Pride Night jerseys on Friday nights. Huge stir. It's actually made airwaves on non-sports channels. Philk, what's what's going on with this? I mean, there, there hasn't been any information on why they didn't do it, but it's Does really, it you, you got people on the internet digging into it. Uh, Sorry. I mean, it's kind of apparent as to why it's happening. It's definitely coming from the offices above. It's not coming from the Rangers itself. Um, I mean, this is what happens when there's, you know, dissent and, not everybody wanted to participate, apparently. So you know what? Um, if that's the case, then you can ding, ding, ding. scrap wearing scrap wearing the jerseys on, uh, you know, for military hockey fights, cancer night. Scrap wearing all those jerseys. If they want to just do tape or, or something very very small or something like that, then let them participate. It then at that point, you don't cancel the night. The night went on, uh, but. No, no need to wear the jerseys. Just have the players sign the jerseys, ration the, uh, you know, raffle them off, auction them off for charity. Have all the proceeds go to charity, and then you know, have them be in the communities. Have them be in the communities. Work with the LGBTQ community. You know, raise some actual money there. Spend some actual time with them. Help the charities out. You know, don't just do one <laughs> night and then. You know, not wear the jerseys. The only thing I'll say is if they advertise to wear the jerseys, then they should have worn the jerseys. Bingo. That's it. That's it. And yeah. if if you wanted to, if they were going to do it, then they should have done it. You know, but, uh, you know, the night still went on. You know, the, it just, and now this is what I was talking about when, you know, the whole thing happened with Provorov. You were going to create a slippery slope. And things were just going to get very, very, very complicated from here. And it's exactly what happened. So, And you got the sleuths on Twitter looking up to see whose account is following who. It's just, please, people, stop. And uh, Anthony, your thoughts on this? I mean, kind of John referenced it when he said, I think we all know what's going on here. Um, listen, Ivan Provorov opened the door. When he didn't wear the pride jersey, I think that's signaled to other players who may feel the same way as him that's saying, okay, well, now that someone else did it, you know, why why should I be forced to do something that I don't believe in? And I think the reason why they didn't do it was there might have been a player or a contingent of players on the Rangers that didn't want to wear the jerseys. And rather than have the the media bash whichever players didn't want to do it the rangers organization decided to protect those players which i mean i'm i don't blame I them. Get it. you don't want to cause a media stir um and i don't want to speculate because i don't i don't want to do stereotypes but because listen it could have been ben harper that didn't want to but the rangers have a contingent of russian players and i don't want to lump all russian players and say they feel the same way as right. Provorov, but some of the ranger higher profile players that are beloved like panarin and shesterkin no, they're Russian. So if, 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 again, I'm not pegging as they're the ones, but if they were the ones that didn't want to do it, they don't want those type of players receiving the backlash that they would get by not doing it. So instead, they just make a statement and, 
you know, say that whatever they said. But I think that's and what's obvious. I think there were some players on the Rangers or a player that felt comfortable coming forward now that they saw Provorov not wear it, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, and it doesn't again, it doesn't make them bad bad people. I know I wasn't on when you guys talked about the Provorov fallout, but um, you know, just because a player doesn't support something doesn't mean that at the same time that he also hates a group or individual. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's personal preference, but yeah, it caused a slippery slope. And now, and now I think this is going to be a, a ongoing thing. Cause I think a lot of players in the league probably share the same belief as Provorov. I think you're going to see it a lot of, across a lot of sports because that's just going to happen. But yeah, you know, again, I agree with Philk, and again, I I said it before. You you advertise to wear the to to do the night and wear the jerseys. You wear the jerseys. It's just that simple. Because a charity just kind of lost some money on that, and that's not a good thing either. Now, and we're gonna move on from this. Just one last thing, but this is also what happens when you start um, mixing in politics a little bit in this, and also. I got to disagree with you on one thing, Phil. Hockey fights cancer? Nope, that's the, that remains. Military appreciation night? That's the no. nation. No, it's- no. Then you, you you stop all of them across the board. Then just re- sign the jerseys, raffle them off, and that's it. All right. That's I it. mean, it, it, that plan still has people making money and going to good money going to charity. I, I listen. I get it, and you can still make money. It, it, it the same way that that the rhetoric is being used towards. Oh well, the night can go on without wearing the jerseys for the Pride Night jerseys. It goes the other way for all of the other nights. It's the same thing. It's a it's one concept across the board. Total accountability for everything. So, um, well, I mean, yeah. How do you so? so the, the, and this is basically what I'm getting at. How do you decide going about which causes should be promoted and which causes shouldn't? If this well, is going to happen know, for one, it's got to happen for them all. That's it. Well, you know what? I guess my only point to that is, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I mean, everybody on this planet, no matter what you believe in, no matter, you know, which, how you choose to live your life, everybody is for fighting cancer and, and, you know, promote and just for that cause. On the flip side, not everybody is. Dude, you know my situation with cancer. Like, of yeah. course I'm going to be for it. But, again, you can't just take from one and not take from No, no. Another. Listen, I, get, I, get what I absolutely get what you're saying. All I'm saying is oh. everybody is unified against cancer. Not everybody supports the, you know, the I, LGBT. I get it. I get it. But it, well, it, it's, next- a, it's a PR look. And that that's what it's going to come down to. So well, the next one coming so up is law enforcement night. That happens at the end of the month. I'm okay with them not wearing the jerseys for that. There doesn't need to, and because we know the situation with law enforcement in this country. So, well, yeah, there's been some issues to say, to say the least as of late. But you know, I'm I'm always going to be a pro cop guy. I'm, I got family that's, that's fine. That's fine. I yeah. have friends that are uh, cops too. I have family that's retired cops. But I mean, I, I, I listen. It's gotta. It's gotta be across the board. That's it. Yeah. And which actually, when you say like that, Phil, it makes more sense. If you're going to do one, you got to do them all. All right. Back to the more important things, which is hockey, because that's what we're here for. 
The New York Rangers right now in third place in the Metropolitan Division, 62 points, 27, 14, and 8. They have a gold differential of plus 28. I got a lot of stats that we're going to be unpacking in a second. Goals for 155, goals against 127, second in the league. And, you know, a lot of the defensive stats are really good. But first off, Philk, what is your grade for the New York Rangers in the first half of the season? Give them a C plus. Um, I a very very inconsistent first half. The end of the first half was really good. I would say. I mean, from the from the Truba helmet throw on, they've been a uh, they've been a, a pretty good team. I mean, in terms of the record, the play still really isn't great. Uh, it just. You know what? Your goaltending still needs to be better. I, I We still haven't seen the Igor Shesterk in the last year. Adam Fox looks like he's at Norris Trophy level again. All the analytics and the eye test and everything like that says Adam Fox is playing like the best defenseman in the league again. I don't care what anybody says about Rasmus Dahlin. I don't care what anybody says about Josh Morrissey. I don't care what anybody says about Kale McCarr. Adam Fox is all the metrics, the eye test, everything matches up with Adam Fox. Um, Mika Zibanejad, the power play goals have dropped a little bit. The goal scoring is still there. Chris Kreider, massive drop-off from last year, but an even bigger drop-off from where he, we expected him to be. He kind of has a surprisingly high amount of goals for as bad as he's played. Um, the defense overall has been very inconsistent and shoddy at times. I mean, you're getting pleasantly surprising play from Ben Harper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Artemi Panarin has been, I, I don't know if I want to call him a freeloader. I don't know how he gets as many points as he does without bad he plays. I, I, I don't understand it. Um, but the, the Rangers power play has just been awful. It, it's, it's been a joke this year. Uh, the penalty kill was really bad for a while. Now they're ninth. I don't know how this power play is 17th. I really don't. It must be because, you know what? I actually can explain it now because they're not getting a lot of chances in recent games. Like they got what? Two power plays against Toronto, zero actual infractions called against them. Mm-hmm. Zero, zero actual infractions. It was a too many men and a, and a delay of game. And then the game after that, they got what? One power play in the game after that. So, I mean, when, when you're getting very little chances and you're, you're scoring here and there on it, you'll kind of waver around somewhere around 17. Um, but other the bottom six is, has been very inconsistent. The kid line is probably the best thing the Rangers have going. Keandre Miller looks great. He looks like he's probably going to get either a, a big contract or um, a bridge coming up, and the Rangers are going to have to make another tough decision in about two to three years after that. Uh, but you know, the kid line looks great. That line has to stay together. And Gerard Gallant, I would give him an F an absolute F. If I was grading the coach, just an F line combinations aside from the kid line have been just boneheaded. The decisions have me thinking of those brainlet Wojak memes where the face is like this and he's trying to stick a round peg in a square hole. Cause that's what it looks like Gallant is doing. Um, Panarin is not clicking with either Zibanejad or Trocek. What a shock. Ryan Strom's gone. His boy's gone, so doesn't have anyone to click with. 
Um, the kid line's been their best line. They had a really good line with Savannah, Jad, Kako, and Kreider, and they, they broke that up inexplicably twice now. Twice. And that was one of their best lines in terms of analytics and everything. So I, I, I don't I, – I think this is only a C-plus just because of that run they had um, after the Trouba helmet throw. Otherwise, I'm looking at a D-minus. Anthony, what do you got? Um, I think I agree with the C plus, uh, and mainly because, you know, obviously they weren't good in the beginning of the year and because the expectations prior to the season, um, you know, had them to be, you know, not only maybe leading the Metro, but being one of the better, one of the best teams in the East. So, um, that's why I'll go with the C plus, um, with Philk, um, you know, and when you look at them, you know, what I'm, what I'm impressed by is, that even though Shesterkin's not been his best, they still are where they are. Because um, if you would have told me before the season started, he'd be playing the way he is, which isn't bad, but he would have those numbers. I'd be like, eh, you know, they might be a little lower than they are. But um, again, they're getting they're getting great play from Adam Fox. Um, I really like how Philip Heedle's come on. He's come on, you know, pretty significantly here in, in the first half of the season. Hopefully he keeps it going. I think he's on a pace. He's right now playing at like a 50 point pace. So, um, you know, he's going to get quite the raise in the off season. Um, yeah. You know, for me, you know, taking as, you know, being unbiased here, I think they just need to improve their middle six, if you want to call it. Um, another, yeah. another player that could provide some jam, but also take some pressure off the guys who are consistently producing like Panarin and Zabinajad at the forward position. Um, I think that would go a long way. Um, I know maybe a little later we'll get into talks of actual trade deadline talk and who we can get, who they could target. But um, I think uh, their defense as a whole, you know, hasn't hasn't been bad. It's been a little leaky at times. I know Jacob Trouba has struggled at times. Um, you know, Adam Fox has really upped his game early in the year. I know he he didn't really look himself in the defensive zone, but um, he's been rectifying that in the last couple of weeks. Um, so, you know... Again, for me, you look at the top half of the roster, you know, you, you're getting the production from Zabenajad, Panarin, um, Trocek's chipping in points. Uh, they just need more support in the middle six. They need another guy that can put the puck in the net and take pressure off the Panarins of the world and Zabenajads and also maybe make up for the fact a little bit that Kako and Lafreniere aren't putting up numbers. I think that will go a long way. So um, I, I – and also another thing too – um, I know in this day and age that you don't really need per se like the tough guys anymore because um, that's falling out of the game. But with Reeves leaving, I, I also think they could use another another forward that can like take a regular shift and not just play five minutes, but also have some toughness to him. I think that I think that would go a long way as well. There might be a name that is we're going to mention on that yeah. in a few minutes <laughs> at, at a well, certain point in the show. But, and by the way, guys, you talked me into it. I was going to say B minus, but no, I'm C plus now. There's way too little scoring in the the bottom six. And uh, they really, uh, I mean, Galan just stacks his lines and then runs his stars out there. That's all he does. And you're not getting much more. What I will say is some of the positive things, that second in goals against average 
that at least they're, they're keeping the puck out of the net. They're minus 20 at their plus 28 in the goal differential. That is a good thing as well. Last year, I think they were in the teens by the time the trade deadline came around and the Rangers just need the trade deadline to come around, add a couple pieces, lengthen their lineup. And then who knows what's going to happen right there. And by the way, I just want to say this for all you people that think Pavel Buchnevich would be a big factor. Who the hell are you kidding? He'd get 12 minutes a night under Gerard Gallant because no, that's, I don't think so there. No. Well, you know what? Go, Cause Gallant ain't playing anybody except for Panarin, Trocek, Kreider, Mika, and Fox, maybe oh. Lindgren too. So let's, let's kind of get those TOIs up on everyone else. And down on your stars because that's how you you run you run them out and exhaust them by the time the playoffs start. So, and that that's my that's my take on it, guys. So, uh, let's let's move on. We'll go to the Islanders. I heard the Islanders made some headlines this week. The Islanders right now sixth in the Metro, fifty five points, 25, 22, and five. They have a plus seven goal differential, and Anthony hopes that's going to get up again soon. You look at those goals, four numbers, and that power play, 15.5, guys, worse than the NHL right now. So, Anthony, I'm going to have to start with you on this one. I have the other numbers, such as the leaders and the goal scorers, and, of course, the man who's been holding up everything for them. What is your grade for the Islanders in the first half? If you break, Don't grade the trade. If you break the first half itself into two halves – the beginning at the first the beginning stage of the season they were playing really well um whereas the point where i would have given them a you know probably a, a b plus if you grade the the latter half of the first half i would give them a i would give them an f um <laughs> so you know i'll i'll, I'll kind of split the difference and and go with a, a c minus or or c plus um you know Again, it it was it's been no surprise that they needed scoring um, coming into the season. Uh, you know, Lou Lamorell didn't do anything about that. Early on, they were they were putting the puck in the net, um, and then once that kind of went by the wayside, you started to see him really struggle. Um, you know, I'm gonna start with the the biggest positive, um, and that's Ilya Sorokin. Um, if it's not for Ilya Sorokin. They're towards the bottom of the league uh, in the in the standings. I mean, the guy, I mean, he's got his fourth shutout recently. Could really have eight at this point. Has a has what shutout mark in thirteen percent of his starts. Thirteen percent of his starts um, in the NHL. He's he's, the, he's he's the backbone of the team. Um, so he's been one the biggest bright spot from there. You know, Brock Nelson. Uh, is on pace for a career of 73 points. Uh, so he's been good. Uh, Matt Barzell is on track to have his highest point total, um, you know, since his rookie year when he had 85. Uh, Anders Lee is is starting to score goals. Uh, I think he's on pace for roughly 30. Um, so that's good. After that, I mean, it's it's, it's not much. They they've been they've been struggling, and those contingent of players are the ones carrying them the first half of the season. So. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the second half now that they've acquired Bo Horvat. Um, he's really going to help them in the goal scoring department. Um, you know, and that's something that it's, I, I think 
if he develops chemistry with Matt Barzell, I think they could really, they could really, really take off. Um, on the defensive side of the game, you know, it, it really hurt when Pellick was out. Um, they, they really, I think they were, I think they were 16 and 11 when Pellick, you know, before he got hurt. I'm not sure what the record was after, but you could tell their play in the defensive zone really lacked after that. Um, you know, they, they get good play from Scott Mayfield and Ryan Pollock, but they're, their bottom defenders like Sebastian Ajo has really, really struggled. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not really quite sure why he's, why he's still in the lineup. Um, Romanov is still young. I, I knew to expect some hiccups to, from him. Um, I think he's still learning when to really go for that big hit. He skates well and he moves the puck, but sometimes he kind of makes errant decisions, if you will. But um, overall though, their defense still is, still is good enough uh, to win a lot of hockey games. The problem is, is the mental errors and the breakdowns. They just, it, it happens too often. Um, I think a lot of that is again, you know, lack of confidence once they go down. Um, Cause the Islanders, let's face it, they play at their best when they have the lead. Um, and during their stretch, when they really were lo- seemed like they were losing every night, um, they weren't playing with the lead. So for them, that's important. They're a totally different team when they have the lead. So, um, a little bit of both in the first half. Again, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, they're getting healthy now. Pella came back. Palmieri came back. He's got four assists in the last five games. Um, so that's big for them. And then obviously the addition of Horvat coming out into the second half of the season. So, um, you know, the two points out of a playoff spot uh, and the one big advantage they have over a lot of the teams that are in that mix, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Florida, is their goaltending so much better that it's it's not even close. So, uh, when you combine that now with adding Horvat, uh, I think they have a really good shot of, of claiming, you know, one of those one of those spots here. So, um, again, looking forward to, to getting back at it. And, you know, hopefully they can build some confidence now and go on a little bit of a run. Phil. I'm going to go with the C. I, 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 I think that they're not too, too far behind the Rangers. It, it's kind of a, a tale of. Two different teams, but with very similar situations right across the town from each other. Uh, you know, the Islanders, in the first half of the first half, they were great. In the second half of the first half, they were absolute just drizzling shits bad. So, um, yeah, they they have a great goaltender who's kept them up. Um, if it's not for Ilya Sorokin, uh, this team would probably be a, a bottom feeder right now because you cannot have Zach Parise being your third leading goal scorer on the team. It's unacceptable. I, I know the points are there with Matt Barzell, but the goal scoring is still not there. Uh, you need more goals from him. You need more goals up and down the lineup. Hopefully that's what Bo, Por- uh, Bo Horvat provides to them. You know, they made the, the, the win now move, so we'll see how this pays off. Brock Nelson being the team's leading point scorer is still kind of odd with Matt Barzell being there. But, I mean, good for Nelson. He's having a good year, even though he's cooled down quite a bit, I would say, goal scoring wise. Uh, Anders Lee was, you know, off to a, a really hot start earlier on in the year, and now he's cooled down a little bit too, but he's still giving them goals. Um, Noah Dobson has picked right where he left off from last year, and that that's big for the Islanders. And obviously the Adam Pellick injury was huge. Like you cannot have what almost 30 games that he was out for. He was, uh, I don't know it, if it was, it was a lot. Yeah. He, he missed, he missed some, he missed quite some time. 
2020, like 25 games or something like that, maybe more. But I mean, you 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 miss that many games, and you know, one of the the top three to five best shutdown defenders in the league, whatever whatever order you want to put them in, Adam Pellick's right at the top of that list. So um, you can't afford to lose a guy like that, and and expect to uh, have good consistent defensive play, especially when you're adjusting to a new coach who is providing a new system after years and years of playing like a current day version of the New Jersey Devils from the 1990s into the early 2000s. So, I mean, obviously there's going to be kinks to be worked out. And, you know, Anthony, you talk about a lot of mental miscues and mistakes and just blown coverage and assignments. Yeah, you're going to see a lot of that in the system adjustment. But at the same time, you know, as I've posed this question before, when do we stop, you know, saying it's it's a it's a system thing, it's an adjustment thing, and when do you start looking at personnel? You talk about Sebastian Aho. Sebastian Aho has definitely regressed from last year. It looked like last year he was taking a step towards something. Now all of a sudden he he looks like he's lost. He, he like you said, he doesn't even look like he belongs in an NHL lineup right now. And I, I would have to agree with that. Um, Hudson Fashing. And Parker Watherspoon have been pleasant surprises. Guys that you thought were going to be brought in for AHL depth that ended up coming up and actually um, ended up contributing to the team in, 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 a, in an important way. So that's a good thing, but um, nothing from Kyle Palmieri again, which is a problem. Oliver Wallstrom hurt, hasn't taken the next step yet. So there, there's a lot of things that the Islanders need to work out. And, you know, ho- hopefully Bo Horvat for them comes in and is the kick in the ass that they need, that shot in the arm. And he kind of pushes everybody down the lineup forward-wise. And he can come in and can help fix just a god-awful power play. If I use the term drizzling shits before to describe their second half, how do I describe that power play? A, a rant <laughs> yeah, that, that power play, oh my goodness. I mean, I don't know what else to call that, but Bo Horvat has has got to come in and help that help that power play out. And he's got to be on that first unit. He's got to be firing shots left and right because that power play needs something uh, badly. But you know what? To me, the most mystifying thing about the Islanders is the identity that they built during the Barry Trotz era like that hardworking, we're going to give you hell every night type team, that doesn't look like it's there this year. Like, am I wrong on that, Anthony? No, you're not. You're not. Um, it's, you're not wrong at all. And that that's just what I'm seeing. I, 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 I just don't see the same team that was hungry to go out and to prove everybody, hey, you know what, we may not have the best team on paper, but we're going to come out, we're going to punch you straight in the mouth, and that, and you're going to have to respond to it. So um, I don't see that this year, and that to me is worrisome. Uh, I, I know you have a, a good captain in Andrews Lee, but um, I think that leadership group needs to step up and start motivating this team to play more like that team on a nightly basis, not in terms of defensive structure or anything like that, but in terms of efforts, grit, um, and just that balls-to-the-wall mentality that they had. Yep. And uh, you know what? I got to agree with you on that, Phil, because although we have seen the Islanders go back to that classic Islanders, the game we were at in uh, versus Dallas, Dallas yeah. they did take away the middle of the ice and both teams did it very well. 
for the most part, I got to give these guys a C minus. They started out real good, and it looked like they had a new offensive system. They were activating their defense. Injuries, yeah, hit them, but that that power play is just where uh, I'm. I'm not going to use the words you use. Uh, in that now, I got a problem with censorship, but it's uh, they really need to hope that or the Horvat acquisition is going to be what the change they need. They get some power play production. They get another guy. They, they already had four good centers, but now you're going to move one of them to the wing. Maybe that takes some responsibility off of, uh, yeah, I know. Um, wow. I did not even think that that was a Marzell. real stat. Well, I mean, since December 14th, uh, sorry, December 10th, I mean, the Islanders had three guys score power play goals. That's that's not going to win you many games. No, and the Rangers they, aren't too far behind. To and uh, Noah Dobbs has missed a little bit of time, and he's basically the backbone of that power play. He's more missed so, the I last think. couple of games, yeah. Yeah, then Barzell. Hopefully he'll be ready to go on Monday. And you know what? You're going to see a whole new Islander team coming in soon. The one thing that's going to help them in this, in this wildcard chase, let me bring up the standings again, is that they get the Caps three times. They get the Penguins twice. They get Buffalo twice. Th- th- so, yes, yeah, this is all make or break right here for them. Right. Yeah. They're they're they got plenty of four point games that's on that's that's within these teams that are down. Below. They have to have at least a fifty five winning uh, a, a five fifty to six hundred winning percentage coming out of that stretch then because if they're yeah. if they're any bit under five hundred that could really, really hurt them going forward. Well, the question I was saving for Anthony to make sure I could ask him this one. If the Islanders go 20 and 10, that's a 666 winning percentage. Mm -hmm. That puts them in 95 points. Are they a playoff team? Wow. I mean, if Pittsburgh keeps playing at the clip they are, if you look at their record the last 15 games. um, Which isn't good. No, no, (laughs) it's not good. Um Oh, it just makes me laugh because they they just can't keep the puck out of their net. I don't understand what they're doing over there, but that's a, that's another topic for a different day. But um, yeah, until so last week they weren't scoring either. I don't, I don't <laughs> no. like that either. And you want to know why I don't like that? Because that means that they're going to go out and make a move and make that team. Yeah, better. and that's bad. That's not a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, not. But not, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, if if they play at that clip um, with the way some of the teams above them have been playing, especially Pittsburgh, uh, then you know I. I I think, yeah, I, I think they can get in. And, you know, I give Buffalo a lot of credit. I mean, Buffalo is right there too. But, um, again, Buffalo is inexperienced, and, you know, they can't keep the puck out of their net either. So um, the Islanders no. have to take advantage of having a world-class goalie. They, 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 just, they just have to, um, you know, because if, if they start scoring goals, Sorokin's going to do his job back there, and that's mm-hmm. going to lead to success. So um, hopefully they can start scoring like they were earlier in the year. And again, as I said, you know, build some confidence, you know, get, get going here out of the break, um, you know, and because also, too, I mean, don't I can't act like Washington's not solidified either. I mean, Washington's only five, five points behind. And, you know, they they barely squeaked by a heinous Blue Jackets team last night. So um, they're 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 not. Yeah, it's funny because it's yeah. true that, you know, there is. Because the Capitals just aren't that good either. And that, no. you've got everybody back now, I believe, too. Yeah, yeah. Which is they crazy. Do. 
So and the Capitals, by the way, 53 games played. That is the most games played in the division. One more than the Islanders. And the Penguins got four games at hand. So that's why I kind of agree with you guys. The Capitals can be definitely be had. So uh don't trust the was, oh Oh, I, had a, I had a question. I had a thought and then I lost it. All right. Well, but Anthony, what about, uh, does it worry you at all that the Buffalo Sabres have three games at hand on the Islanders and currently they're one point at? Yeah. I mean, I, again, I, I give them credit. They're, they're very talented offensively. Tage Thompson and Olsen and Cozens, you know, they're Darlene on the back oh, end. Um, they're, they're playing Skinner. I mean, Skinner's really good again all after looking like he, his contract might turn into one of the worst in the league. Um, but again, you know they're they're very they're young they're they're inexperienced. Um, you know even though as good as Darlene and Power are on the back end, um, they're not defensive stalwarts. They're core overall. Um, and you know UPL was just actually he was announced Rookie of the Month this month, but he still only had a 907 save percentage. Uh, Eric Comrie struggling. Craig Anderson's your best goalie, and he's 42, 43 years old. So and we know um, that's old. Yeah. So I, again, the Sabres, yeah, they're, they're playing good hockey, but um, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not shaking in my boots when it comes to the Buffalo Sabres. All right. Well, it's, it's funny because the, the Sabres this year remind me of the, the 92, 93 Sabres, except the 92, 93 Sabres had the goaltender or they had the goaltending because when they got fear at the deadline for Andrew Chuck, which was a dumb trade, but they didn't have a defensive guy that could put up points. Now this team has a bunch of guys on defense. You have, you have Darlene on defense that can put up points. Power is going to be a guy that could put up points sooner than later. And now they don't have the goaltending, which is just amazing because these guys are winning shootouts. Buffalo in 93 was doing the same thing. They were winning their run and gun games with LaFontaine and McGillney. LaFontaine so. with 148 points in that year. Yep. And McGillney with 76 goals. Yep. Yep. Hard to believe. I, I think that was the last year we had 276. Well, never mind, two. 170 goal scorer, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, Lemieux hit 69 in 96, and Yager hit 62 in 96. But That's no 70 cents. unbelievable that he. He scored 69. Well, again, everybody, what do you think about the grades for the Rangers and the Islanders? Throw them all down in the comments below because we are going to move on and do some bar talk. But also just want to let you know uh, that after bar talk, we're going to get Bo Horvat's thoughts about joining the New York <laughs> Islanders. So hmm. let's get down to the bar talk. Shot. This is the easiest cyber to answer. Let me say beer. I can't even begin to describe. I'm actually going to go crazy. I'm going to buy everybody around on this one. All right. And welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey's Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you just so depressed? Oh, goodness. Give me a shot. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around or just so, so I'll have a beer. Play along down in the comments below. And we're going to uh, focus in on one player right now who's probably going to be available, especially with the St. Louis Blues dropping to absolute nothing. But Vladimir Tarasenko this season, 10 goals, 19 assists, and 29 points. He was just named an all-star for the game on Saturday. UFA at the end of the season. 
We're going to start with this one. Filk, Vladimir Tarasenko is a better fit for the New York Rangers than the National Predators Tanner Janot. I'm going to buy a round on this. Um, Janot is a great fit. Uh, and this is because the Larry Brooks article came out mentioning both of these guys. Um, but Janot is a great fit in the bottom six. And that's not somebody I would want to give up Vitaly Kravtsov for at this point. But Vladimir Tarasenko will come in, will be a goal scorer, will play in the top six, will push one of the wingers down. Uh, that's someone that I could see clicking with someone like Mika Zibanejad and helping that line out because the Rangers desperately need scoring five on five. Uh, five, on five. So whether it's top six help, middle six help, uh, you know, d depth on the right wing in general has been scarce for the Rangers ever since they traded the guy who used to wear 89 because everybody gets riled up whenever you say his name. So uh, I, I, Vladimir Tarasenko could, and not only that, but this is actually a really good point here. Vladimir Tarasenko could help with the power play as well. He's a sniper. This this power play needs another sniper, another shooter on it. So I, I would definitely say that Vladimir Tarasenko is the guy there. Well, uh, before going to Anthony, I'll just say my thoughts on this. I'm going shot. I think you need to get Tanner Janot and the bottom six. I don't think you need to go big game hunting if you're the New York Rangers because Gerard Gallant does not use uh, more big names than the five that I mentioned earlier in the in the first part. No, uh, I, I think Tanner Janot is you need to strengthen lines three and four, and Janot would definitely be a great way to do it. Maybe even put Janot with Artemi Panarin, open up some space for him. But he would be great for 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 the New York Rangers. I think Janot over uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Anthony. Um, yeah, you know it's it's a round. However, um, and I think cost wise, you know, I think the Rangers could afford it because me personally, Tarasenko's had a bad year. Well, not bad year, just down for him. Um, he's been hurt. Uh, he has a no trade clause that apparently I think is limiting him to only you know, a handful of teams. So I actually think Tarasenko might only be like a second round pick and a prospect. So that's all good. Rangers can afford it. However, I mean, does I, I just don't know. Does it doesn't make sense because you're not going to be able to re-sign him going forward. I mean, they have $15 million of cap space to work with this off season, but you have to re-sign. Heedle is going to get a significant raise. Keandre Miller, laugh. So, I mean, yeah, could they give up the assets for him? But the, he's going to be a pure rental so i just don't know if the rangers should do that again after giving up you know first last year for cop and as he was a pure rental so yeah he would look great on them he would definitely fit help the power play all that but they can't they can't keep him going forward so that's why i i just hesitate a little bit on it well i mean when the rangers won the stanley cup in 1994 they had craig tavish who was a free agent glenn anderson who was a free agent there was there was plenty of free agents that were all over the place mm -hmm. over there if you're gonna go for the cup Sometimes you have to do that. You got to get a guy who's just going to come in. And they they had a shot at keeping Andrew Kopp last year, but they knew they were going to get outbid. And actually, they even took that money and paid it to Vinny Trocek. So, uh, however, there's another team that might want uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. The Islanders need to go get him. Anthony. I mean... Yeah, I mean, round, because, you know, you added Horvat, you added Tarasenko, too. That's really, really good. But, again, same thing as the Rangers. Um, you know, the Islanders, 
they're not, they wouldn't be able to afford to extend Horvat and Tarasenko unless you did major, major surgery like moving Pajot, moving Palmieri, and a bunch of other pieces. That's not happening. So, yeah, while he would help, um, they just wouldn't be able to retain him going forward. And if you look at Lou, Lou's track, Lou's track record, you know, trades for Kovalchuk, resigns him. You know, trades for Palmieri, Pajot, resigns him. Trades for Horvat, trending on re-signing him. Doesn't seem like he believes in trading for a pure rental and letting him go. So for that alone, I don't think he's going to do it. Um, but yes, it would help them immensely. I just don't think it's worth it to, you know, give up a, a second round pick and Samuel Bolduc for a guy that you're only going to have for a playoff run. So um, round, but it just doesn't make sense going forward. Phil, shot. Um, you went and you got your guy forward. Now they need to go get a defenseman, if you ask me. Um, the the one mm -hmm. thing that I've noticed with the Islanders, and we talked about it before doing the uh, the midterm grades, is the fact that uh, they have had some very, very inconsistent efforts defensively. Uh, part of that due to injury to a guy like, you know, Adam Pellick and, and Noah Dobson, but you you can't. You can't go into the playoffs right now with Sebastian Ajo taking big minutes for you or taking NHL minutes for you, I should say, at this point, because he doesn't look like an NHL defenseman right now. And I would want an upgrade over him. Um, Parker Watherspoon is as good as he's been. Don't you think you'd want an upgrade over him come playoff time? For, for me, that I know I would, especially after you, you, had a, you had a defense that looked like Ryan Pollock, Adam Pellick, Devon Taves, Scott Mayfield, Nick Letty. That brought you to the back-to-back -back conference finals. So um, I, I would want to get another, you know, that's fair. Another, another defenseman. I, I think the Islanders, if they're smart and if they're really looking to go for it, I think their target would be Vladislav Gavrikov at this point. I think that would be the guy to go get for them. I think there's going to be a bidding war for Gav Gavrikov, yeah. and a matter <laughs> of fact, totally agree with that. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be going after him. Uh, this is my question, and I'm still going to go with you, uh, buying around because I, I think Tarasenko should be an Islander either this year or next, and he would be perfect for them. He would completely revamp their power play. You got a one-time option from the, the the right side, and it works. He could work in tandem with Dobson. There's so many good things about it, and then it moves Brock Nelson down to the second power play unit, and he's already a leading scorer. So I just – I really like it. Now, the practicality of it, yes, Anthony's got a really good point, and so do you, Philk. And because you, you, if you go for Tarasenko, you can't get a defenseman. I think their defense is okay. I It's a good – you kind of got me on that one. I, I don't think Jacob Chikrin's the answer, though, either. Guys, I, stay with I, the I don't think they have the assets for Jacob Chikrin anymore. No, 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 no I don't think they do. No. No. And a matter I of fact, you already dealt away one first round pick. You don't want to deal, deal away a second rounder or a first rounder next year. You're going to end up being the Florida Panthers. <laughs> now, guys, sticking with the St. Louis Blues and just their major piece, who is signed to a ridiculous extension. Jordan Biddington, you look at those stats this year 18, 18, and three. 3.27 goals against and a 0.892 save percentage. The only way you can have those numbers is if you're trying to dodge the shots. And I watched the game Monday night. I thought he looked pretty good. And then suddenly, bang, three goals in the back of the net. 
St. Louis really needs to part ways with Jordan Bennington. Filk. I would say that Jordan Bennington has looked like dog shit, but it's not even just regular dog shit. It's the white dog shit from Step Brothers <laughs> that Brennan gets forced to lick. That's how bad Jordan Bennington has been for a long time. And um, I, I, I would say that yeah, they they all right. So the question is, they do they need to? Yes, they need to. So it's around. But the 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 real question should be, can they? The answer is no. Bennington? And that answer is no, yeah. because if you try to buy him out, forget about it. That contract is an absolute stinker to buy out. I I'll pull it up again. But when I remember looking at this like a couple of months back and being like, oh, my God, this contract is not a contract that's going to get bought out. So, if I recall, Phil, it's six it's six million dollars until 2028, I believe. You could correct me on the year on that one. Anthony, I'm going to jump in again real quick before I go to you on this. Let me also say this anecdote as Phil is looking up that number. Uh, my last two girlfriends, I'm 26, 27. He's got four four years after this year. <laughs> That's four years and six. Yeah, just, oh my God. My last two girlfriends I moved in with and I had leases that I signed for the apartments and we broke up within like three months of living together. So the answer sometimes is you're, just because you sign a deal, you go, oh my God, I am so stuck in this, in this contract now. You know, <laughs> that's where, that's where the St. Louis Blues are. They got the buyer's remorse. Do they need the part ways? Yes. Can they? Probably not. There's because he does have no trade protection. There's only one scenario I could think of for this one, guys. Can you guess where I'm saying you could try to make a trade partner? Florida. Oof, man. Yeah, they're not going to do that. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky back for. <laughs> I, I think I'd rather have Sergey Bobrovsky the next couple years than. Uh, Jordan Bennington. All right, so uh, the, Jordan yeah. Bennington's buyout. If if they buy him out after this offseason, uh, after this season, um, the dead cap for the next two seasons would be six uh, six hundred sixty six thousand six hundred and sixty seven. Then it would go to one million six hundred sixty six thousand six sixty seven. Then three million six 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 seven. And then the next four years after that. Would be two point one six 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 so on million. That so that might be their best option. That that really might be their best option. It's not a terrible buyout, but that's long, and the cap hit gets higher towards the end of it. That's that's not great. Uh, Anthony. Uh yeah, round. But I mean, you guys really said everything I could say. Just four years left after this at six million. Um, it's going to be hard to it's going to be hard to move that contract. Um, they would have to, you know really sweeten the pot here. And then also, too, you have to find a team that believes that Bennington, with a change of scenery, can can get back to how he was when they won the Cup. But I just <laughs> I don't I don't see that happening. No. And, and again, he made some phenomenal saves the other night versus Winnipeg. And then they started the, the second period, two to one. By the time you were two and a half minutes in, they were they were down three to two or even three minutes in down three to two. So. By the way, guys, does anybody know what one of the hottest teams in the NHL is right now in their last 10? The Edmonton Oilers. 
Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, 7-1-2 and two in their last 10. Look at this Pacific division. Seattle on top, 63 points, tied with L.A., which, by the way, we did say L.A. was going to touch first place. Anthony, you were right about that weeks ago when you mentioned that. Uh, Vegas with 62 and Edmonton with 60. The Edmonton Oilers will win the Pacific Division. And I don't have that graphic, so I'm going to type that. Anthony, go ahead. Shot. Okay. No. Um, I mean, yeah, they're playing well right now, but still don't like their goaltending. Um, I still like Seattle as a whole more than them. Um, I still like L.A. as a whole more than them. Um, and I also think L.A. is going to, you know, try to add. They need a they need defensemen pretty bad. I think they could be a contender for Gavrikov. Actually, in my predictions, if Mark, you uh, show that later, I, I think I have Gavrikov going to L.A. I will um, put I that know, up at the end of this. The I know bit. they they are in on him. Um, so I think L.A., if they add Gavrikov to their roster, uh, overall, I already like their makeup of the team better than Edmonton. Um, just don't see Edmonton winning the division. Not not happening. I mean, it could be wrong. The, the point margins not is isn't big, but I just I don't trust them enough overall to to get up there and take the division away from Seattle or LA. Philk. I'm gonna say beer. This isn't as far fetched as Anthony is making it sound. <laughs> and and the reason why I'm gonna say that is yes, Seattle's playing great. But how long can Seattle continue to do what they're doing while having two goaltenders with an under uh, with a save percentage of under 900? Like, how is that going to continue? And how are they going to continue winning games with goaltending like that? I, I, at some point, something is going to have to give because this is one of the biggest anomalies in the history of the sport. Um, and then you have L.A., who, I, I mean, Phoenix Copley? Is their starter right now? That's their starter. That, that's yep. who you trust in net. I don't care how I don't care how many games he's won. Eventually, he's going to go back to the mean. I mean, something like that isn't sustainable. We've seen this before. Hello, Andrew Hammond. Anybody remember the Hamburglar? Yeah. How hot he was, and then the Rangers came into Ottawa, kicked the crap out of him, and Tanner Glass scored a shorthanded goal on him. That was his first goal year, goal if I recall correctly. Started. Yeah. It was a breakaway coming out of a penalty box and he scored on him. And that was it after that. So, um, no, I, I don't trust L.A.'s goaltending. I don't trust Edmonton's goaltending, that's for sure. But, I mean, I guess Campbell's still better than whatever else is out there at this point. L.A., I mean, um, L.A., yeah, their goaltending is really not all that great either. I mean, Jonathan Quick is is back. Peterson got sent down. I yeah. I mean, it's, it's just – it's it's not it's just not good. It's not good. And Phoenix Copley, eight ninety seven save percentage. I mean, I mean he's winning games, but again, that's not a, really a, a testament to his play. So um, <laughs> the only goaltending I trust in that division is is Las Vegas, because you know Logan Thompson is really the guy. And Aiden Hill, Aiden Hill looked like he wanted to get out of the way of the puck when the Rangers faced him. The other night. <laughs> Like, was he trying to let the puck in? Because he couldn't stop a beach ball the other night. But, I think Vegas um, has lost seven of eight. Yeah, and they've lost seven of eight. So, like you, like you said, so it's Vegas is not playing well. And and Mark Stone, we don't know how long Mark Stone's going to be out for. Yep. And, and that seems to be a recurring injury with him because this is not the first time he's had back problems. So, um, 
I, I don't trust any of the other goaltending in that division. And if this division comes down to a, uh, you know, the gunfight at the OK Corral, I'm taking the two best players in the world right now because those two are just going to go ape shit and they're going to just go medieval on everybody and, and score because McJesus wants to score 160 points this year. So I'm, and, I'm taking and, those guys over a lot of the teams. And he's so ridiculous this year. But you know what? I got to go with beer on this one because Seattle has got like 48 games played. They still have they have plenty of games at hand on everybody. Doesn't mean you're going to win them all. They're going to have to keep that going. That being said, LA, negative goal differential. You mentioned Phoenix Copley. I mean, he's hot and he has an 897 save percentage, as you just said. That's that's imagine what he calls down. So you got that. I still don't trust the Oilers in net right now. Campbell's been better over the last month than he than he has been. But it's we've seen it with Campbell all the time. Usually he starts out strong and then he ends up wearing down. But, you know, last last month he actually got or a little bit better. So Stuart Skinner's their guy right now. He's Stuart actually playing. Skinner is their guy, and that's that's scary. But uh, uh, to this comment right here from State of Survival, I think you're going to see him move for Gibson. I think this is the year that he's finally moved. I think Anaheim is just they 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 didn't take that step forward. Let Lucas Dostal be the guy of the future. Let the future come now. Move Gibson now while you can get something for him, and and just and, and go to Edmonton and be like, hey. What are you willing to give up for John Gibson? Yeah. Well, and they're going to have to do that. And speaking about teams that have games at hand on people, we were talking about them earlier, the Buffalo Sabres, guys. 164 goals against this year. They are 22nd in the NHL. Sabres need to acquire a goalie in order to make the playoffs. I'll go to you, Mr. LaRocco. Um, yeah, I mean – I kind of, I kind of want to say round, but I don't know who's out there. I mean, there's the the Thatcher Demko's out there um, as a possibility. I mean, I don't know how good he really is. I know last year he looked really good, but this year is kind of eh. Um, then again, I know he's been on a bad Canucks team. Um, and then obviously, you know, as we are, I guess it was Phil that just typed this. Velomaka, he looks. Velomaka. He, he could possibly be moved. So, but again, I don't know. I mean, Arizona is probably going to ask for a decent amount for him. Um, yeah, I, I think they would. So, uh, I mean, I, I think I want to go round only because I, I don't know. As again, I mentioned before when you're we talking about the Islanders, they got an explosive offense. I just don't know later in the season when regular season hockey starts to mimic playoff hockey where it becomes real tight checking and you got to win close games. Um, I don't know if the Sabres are seasoned enough to win those tight checking games because they never really been. I mean, they've let's face it in this situation, they've always been so far out of it. They haven't played me, you know, meaningful hockey like this in a couple of years. So without a, a good backbone there in net. Couple um, of years. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, uh, just trying to be a little nice to any Saber fans that might be watching. That's but, awfully um, nice, man. I, I don't, I don't know if it could be. I don't know if it could be done. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not really sure if they can make the playoffs if they stand pat and goal. So, um, I'm kind of bordering, kind of round here. To be honest with you. All right. Well, I put up the round for you before on that one. Yeah. So. Tilk. 
Yeah, this is obviously around just, you know, if you even want to just go based on what I said about them before in that comparison to the 92-93 team, the 92-93 team didn't have the big point-producing defenseman. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rasmus Dahlin has more points already than Doug Bodger, who was their defensive scoring leader, did (laughs) all year that year, and they played an 84-game year. But, I mean, they don't have the goaltending. I mean, could Buffalo go and make a trade for a guy like John Gibson? I, I think that would be a real good trade for them. I mean, just do they do they want to give up the assets? Could they afford to give up somebody like J.J. Paterka and, and, and another maybe like a first and go get John Gibson? They could absolutely afford to do that and still keep Jack Quinn and, and not worry about hurting their team long term. So, yeah, they could do that, but they need other things. Like Anthony said, they need defense. They need defensive forwards. I mean, Zemkis Gergensen's is a good one, but I mean, is he really going to be your matchup center? Like, is that the guy that you're trusting to shut down everybody's top up, you know, you know, up opposing uh, forward lines? No, the guy they yeah. usually use for that is Tage Thompson. And, you know, Tage Thompson's been really good in that role as a matchup guy as well, but you need another guy that can do that on top of him. So um, I'm going to say round, but they definitely need to. Um, they definitely need to acquire other things. Sorry, I don't know how that one got a, got stuck on there for a round for so long. But uh, you yeah. know what? I got to go round two. That's that's me on that one, Phil. It's it, you have to do it if if you're going to make the playoffs. You, you're going to have to do it because they're going to need to upgrade, probably from Craig Anderson. I mean, if UPL is the is the future, then go go ahead, go right with them, and get in the experience. But yeah. Uh, this is interesting. And, see, that is interesting. Uh, but I don't think I don't I don't I think they're gonna roll the dice. I don't think Carolina would move Anderson though. I think Ronto would go, but I, I don't think they have really move the needle for anybody. Maybe, maybe in the maybe in the off season, but I don't I don't see them doing anything with anything right now. Yeah. No and by the way, There's you no guys need- are saying John Gibson. Here's the attractive uh UFA or tradable goaltenders. Because you got Cam Talbot. I don't know if Seattle, if Ottawa wants to, to trade him over. The other one is James Reimer. Does that really excite you? No. <laughs> I mean, it's it, you're, they're probably better off with, with staying with what they got. And then if you don't get it, you don't get it. Guys, Timo Meyer is going to be an RFA this year. He's right now the Timo number Tom. one trade target by the hockey writers. Timo Meyer will not be traded before the deadline. I'm going to go out on a limb, guys. Go ahead and tell me that I'm wrong. But I'm Brian around on this one. You're I don't wrong. think he's going. I think you're going to wait until the draft, like Alex to bring it, get as many uh, suitors as you can, and then that's that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to get the best offer at the draft. You don't have to rush for the deadline because you're only going to get the playoff contenders and the teams that are cash strapped. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, I will turn it over to you, Phil. I think he did that out of spite just because you said wrong during the whole time he was speaking, Anthony. So good, good, good oh, call. No, don't worry about I like that. The balls on that one. Let Anthony yeah. wait now. Um, I'm going to say beer. Uh, and the reason why I'm going to say beer, because I, I think it's actually possible that San Jose might not get their asking price met. And I think it's going to be a very, 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 very high one after the Islanders kind of overpaid a little bit for Bo Horvat. So, um, now, after especially with what you're hearing, what contending team is going to want to give up that type of package for Timo Meyer? Like right now, you're basically, you might take 
one step forward, but how many steps are you taking back? Are you taking, you know, uh, four steps back to take five steps forward and in gaining one step? Really? I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily see it. Uh, unless the asking price drops a little bit, I could see San Jose saying, hey, you know what? Maybe there are going to be other teams that will be interested in him in the offseason. Maybe we can wait and get a deal done then. Because even though this season's done, uh, you know, over with, you'll you'll have more teams enter the fray, and that can possibly build up a, a bidding war for Timo Meyer at that point. Anthony, tell me why I'm wrong. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a shot. I think I think he's gone. Uh, I think it's going to be Timo time um, in New Jersey, or I think that it's possible it could be Timo time in Buffalo. Um, it would. Athletic updated their trade bait board um, now that Horvitz gone and Myers number one and LeBron um, said it, he, he does think it's likely more than likely than not that Meyer is traded by the deadline. Listen, now that Hor- Horvat is, go- is gone, really, he's he's the top guy. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of teams that were in on Horvat are going to really make strong offers to try to get something done with Meyer. I think the Sharks are going to get an offer good enough that they like um, and they're going to and they're going to move him. Um, I, I just I listen. Obviously, I could be wrong, but my gut my gut says that he's 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 leaving. Um, and again, you know, I know it doesn't always necessarily mean anything, as we've talked about recently. But he is in Mexico with a bunch of Devils players. He's been rumored to go there. Um, he'd be a good fit. I know they would have to do some tinkering with fitting him in long term, but I, I do think Timo Meyer is going to be traded. Uh, we're going to go further into the list later on, but let me just show you this. This will be on our Instagram probably uh, Friday, but Anthony's made his predictions on what free agents are going to go where, or and even who stays. There are players that are going to stay. So take a, take a look at that. We'll, we'll talk more about that later because we still have just two more topics to go on this. And... We'll go right to this one because I can't believe I'm saying these words, guys. And it might be a hot take, but the Philadelphia Flyers got 51 points. They are six points behind the Penguins for the second wild card. (laughs) John Tortorella deserves Jack Adams consideration. Anthony. Um, Shot. Uh, He's, I mean, listen – He's done a good job given what the Flyers have. That I mean, that's that's for sure. Not taking that away, but there's a lot of other coaches who are coaching, you know, good playoff teams that have just done, you know, an even better job than him. I think it's it's just too far. He's too far down the list to overtake, you know, uh, Jim Montgomery, um, even Lindy Ruff. Uh, you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of other. Co- I mean, you could you could always throw Rod Brindamore in there. He's one of the best coaches in the league and he, I think he will be for as long as he's on the hurricanes. Um, he's, he always does a great job there. Um, you know, I, you go Rick, Rick bonus. I mean, there are good teams that are just done phenomenal jobs. Uh, and Tortorella, let's face it. The flyers aren't going to make the playoffs. Uh, so I just see no way he, he, he wins a Jack Adam. No, again, not a slide on him, but not, not a, not a shot, not a shot. All right. Philk. All right, so let's establish parameters. Consideration. Elaborate. Let's say top five finalist. Okay. 
because um, I knew consideration didn't mean winner, which Anthony was talking about, which to me made no sense to even talk about winning because the word it's consideration. I just wanted to see how serious you were with the voting, whether it was top five, top ten. So you're, you're saying top five. Just top five. That's it. Um, I, I'm gonna I think your point's still valid, Anthony. I'm still going to say shot then. I, okay. I, you know what? I, I, I think that he would fit, fall somewhere in the top 10 and in, in the latter half of the top 10, but definitely not top five. If I had to name off five coaches that I, I would give Adams votes to before him, I mean, you'd have to go Montgomery. You, you would have to go with um, Bonus in Winnipeg. You would have to go with um, Paxtall. You know, Hackstall in Seattle was as, as, as another one. You would probably have to go with, um, let's see here, um, Cassidy, Cassidy in, in Vegas would be another one. Pete DeBoer. P- Pete DeBoer in Dallas. Was, what's that? Lindy Ruff. Um, Lindy Ruff would probably get votes over him as well for me. Um, I, I would I would give votes to Lane Lambert before I gave to to John Tortorella. Actually, that one's a close one because La- Lambert's Lambert's kind of, I would say, underachieved a little bit with, with where I thought the Islanders would be, but uh, Tortorella's not really – Tortorella doesn't have a case to be too far ahead of him, though. So, I don't know. That's close. But, I mean, I, w- I would give votes to Gallant before I gave votes to Tortorella, and Oof. I don't even like Gallant. Like, <laughs> not anymore, I should say. I, that was – I was so happy to have him last year, and he's just done everything. And Don Granado, Don Granado's another one. Yeah, Don yeah. Granado, you you definitely have to give him a bunch of votes. Well, you talk me down. I, I'm just gonna say beer and then move on after this because you guys outlined all the different coaches that have done great jobs. I just still can't up and look at the Flyers and go. They they have Kevin Hayes with 49 points. Uh, sorry, 45 points. Travis Connecting with 49 points. Tony D'Angelo, 30 points. There are, he's a minus 16. How this team – <laughs> they're, they're goaltending. Carter Hart's got a 2.88 goals against. He somehow has a 9.11 save percentage. And Felix Sandstrom, he hasn't done much. He's not anything to write home about. How is this team six points out of the playoff spot? They should be rivaling Columbus for the top overall pick, but they're not. So – and lastly, guys, the last one, the All-Star Game weekend is here in Sunrise. Phil and I were there last year. You can always check our video when we went to the game. But the All-Star format needs to change. Phil. Round. Um, I, I don't like this format. I, I don't like this whole play, divisional play thing. I wish they would go back the way to the what that it was in like the 90s and – Early 2000s, bring back the 90s jerseys. I love these jerseys that they have um, for this year, uh, paying homage to the 94 through 97 jerseys, which I love. I would love to get my hands on an authentic one of those from one of those years, especially in 94, Messier or Leach. But um, go back to the, the format that it used to be. The, the the skills competition events, cool. Keep, keep bringing in new events for those. Mm-hmm. I like that. But mm-hmm. – the game itself, go go back to the game the way it used to be. Anthony. Yeah, round. I just don't know how many other things that they can do. I mean, you, a couple of years ago, more than a couple now, but remember when they did the whole 
draft your own team and the captains. And so they've, they've tried to do other stuff. It's just that what comes some point, like what else can they really, I mean, what else could they really try? I mean, could they go way back and bring back, you know, North America versus the world? I mean, there's only so many things they could do. So, um, it, you know, it is what it is. It's a, it's a round, but not going to lose sleep about it. I, I just like the skills competition. Um, I really don't even watch the game too much. I mean, if I'm home and yeah, I'm not doing anything, I'll turn it on. But um, the skills competition is really the thing I'm interested in. Yeah, I got to go um, beer on it. They should change it up a little bit. Maybe even go back to five on five. Maybe even do four on four instead. But you know what? They want wide open. They want scoring. Uh, it's a chance for some of these all-stars to not play so much like the loser of the first two games, whether or not it's Metropolitan or uh, let's say Atlantic. Let's say they lose the, they lose the first two games. Then they're not really playing that much more. It's it's just another twenty minute period. You know what? It's it's fine. It's just uh, I don't know. It's starting to kind of get a little bit stale, and it, it a lot of all star snubs happened. But at least at least if they went back and added more stats and more uh, more roster positions, there'd be more all star slots. So it's just I think all star games itself, guys. What do you think? All star games are. Kind of a dying breed, right? Well, the Pro Bowl is garbage, and I don't think anybody really watches that. The The MLB game is still kind of exciting because you can still play pretty hard in that game, and since baseball is a non-contact sport, you're not worrying about hurting yourself for the most mm-hmm. part. So that one's fun. Um, basketball is all right. I don't know. I, I like the I like the slam dunk and the three point skills competitions in basketball a lot better than the actual game itself too. But um, uh, this this thing here, I just love this comment here because it's so true. They need to punt the every team represented rule. Why do like in '94? Like I, who did they send from like Anaheim in Florida? Like, was anybody wa- – like, nobody was watching to see guys on expansion teams. Whether it's yeah, Scott it wasn't Nelson like Trent or Yates or something like that. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, I think uh, Van Beesbrook was 94 for Florida, but Anaheim? Who the hell was – ter- Sorry, I said Trent Yates. I meant Terry Yake. Uh, I had to look. I think you but, were yeah. thinking of Trent Yanni, maybe? I think I was thinking of Trent Yanni. I went to a different TY. But – and not Hilton either. But Ooh, Anthony, what do you think? All Star Games, just let it go. I just talked about what I thought on the All Star no, Games. All All Star Games. Oh, I mean, no, it's it's for the let's face it, it's for the kids. I mean, that's that's really about kid, you know, younger kids, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, etc. You know, they they think it's cool. That's who they really do it for. So um, I don't think you'll ever, you know see it gone Phil, what do you got it, it was alexei kasatonov from anaheim uh, all right and then ottawa had actually sent um alexei yashin that year which i believe that was his rookie year funny enough and then um let's see tampa bay tampa bay sent was it brian bradley that they sent I well, I here. think, by the way, I think it was 99 when 
Like there wasn't an Islander rep being represented. Then like, why would Islander fans even bother watching? So Bob Kudelski was also sent in 94. That's really weird. Okay. Yeah. Brian Bradley was Tampa Bay's representative. Gary Galley somehow got for the Flyers. That's a weird one. Oof. All right. I did not have that great of a year in 94. <laughs> All right. Anyway, he had so 70 points. Never mind. Yeah, Phil, we're going to have to wrap this one up because we got some honest press conferences we have to go listen to. Uh, two of them from some big-name athletes that we're waiting on. So uh, let's hide those. And this is always one of my favorite intros. Connor, just can you give me your sense of kind of where, where the group is at? Once again, my teammates come up short. Phil, you look like you had so much fun saying that. And it's so true. Because <laughs> that's and he would never say it, but that's what he has to say. Because everybody, welcome back to honest press conferences where we are saying what the athletes would really want to say. And we've got to welcome a guy to the New York area first. And it is Bo Horvat being represented by our Mr. Anthony Loraco. Yeah, so uh as everyone knows, I was I was traded on, on Monday evening to the New York Islanders. Uh, it was a shock around the league. Um, me, not so much. You know, I kind of knew that I had played my last game with Vancouver um, as, you know, we couldn't come to terms on a, on a contract. As I said in my media shortly after, I did expect to be a Canuck uh, my, my whole career. But, you know, it's business and sometimes these things work out uh, the way they do for a reason. And, you know, I, I also, too, I'm not going to lie, I was a little disappointed about how, the organization, you know, really kind of threw Bruce Boudreaux out and left him out to dry. I didn't, I didn't agree with that. Um, Bruce was a, was a great guy. Um, and like I said, it's, it's been a mess there all year in Vancouver and, you know, I'll miss it. Uh, grew up there, but um, I'm, I'm finally glad I'm, I'm out of Vancouver. I'm looking forward to a, to a fresh start. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm playing for a team over on Long Island where, you know, they're, their GM and president um, hates the person that I'm doing this interview with right now. Uh, you know, so um, I, I heard, I heard a lot about him. Um, I heard, you know, he, he really likes to push loose buttons. And um, so he better be careful with what the kind of questions he asks me. Cause I'll, I'll report to Lou and say that this guy's totally out of line and um, I'll just have to, you know, make one phone call and, you know, I'll have Lou send his guys over to his house and knock on his door. So, um, but I'm, I'm happy I'm happy to be a New York Islander. Uh, I know uh, Pierre Lebrun kind of let the bag, let the cat out of the bag earlier when you know he kind of said that the Islanders were um, on a list of a list of uh, teams that I would have interest in uh, this off season. Um, so you know, uh, I know that surprised some people, but I'm, I'm looking forward to to getting started here. And you know, for all the people asking about, like, yeah, I gotta wear an Islander jersey and play for the Pacific Division at the All Star Game this weekend. It's it's a little weird, but um, you know, I'm, I'm going to have some fun with it, you know, try to try to get in Soroki's kitchen. I've talked to him a little bit already and already started chirping him. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start to take some questions. And, you know, uh, the guy who's whoever Mark is, um, just be careful, because, again, you know, my GM's watching you. Uh, well, I will ask you this question and I'm going to do the courtesy of David Wood right here. It was, uh, Bo, what are your thoughts on JT Miller making $8 million? And then they didn't re-sign you, the team captain. I mean, it's a little bit of a joke, right? You know, I'm the captain and, 
you know, they give him that deal and they won't give it to me. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who's not really a team player. You know, he's yelling at our goalie to get out to get out of the net on a delayed penalty call and, you know, smashing his stick on the side of the net to get his attention and, you know, kind of, you know, he's not really, you know, he's not really a great teammate. And, uh, you know, it is what it is, though. You know, they decided to go in a different direction. And, um, you know, again, now now I'm out of there. I'm a New York Islander. Um, and so I'm, I'm really I'm really happy about it. But, uh, Mark, ask me if you ask me about any of my previous teammates again. Um, it's not going to go over well, even though I just I, I don't agree with JT Miller still. Don't ask me. Don't ask me about my my former teammates. I know what you're trying to do, trying to goad me into giving a you know inflammatory answer, which I kind of just did. But um, so I see what you did there. Um, but you just dug yourself a grave again. Lose watching, and uh, he's not going to be happy with your antics. Yeah, I I, I could already see him kind of just. Oh no, there he is. He's right there, Mr. Fukowski. <laughs> so, Bo, you came out after the uh the trade was made and you said that you thought you were going to be a canuck for life and now you're turning around and saying that the trade didn't surprise you so what actually is the story here like how did this all come about then if if you originally thought you were going to be a canuck for life finally a good question not like this other this other clown over here um so I mean, basically, uh, yeah, I did think I was going to be a Canuck my whole my whole career, um, and you know that would have been my intention. But unfortunately, you know the Canucks um, didn't really meet my demands. You know, like I just mentioned with JT Miller, they gave him that contract, uh, but yet dragged their feet with with giving me the same contract. So as much as I did want to be there, you know, you know, guy, you have to look out for yourself and your family. Um, and once I did, once they determined they weren't going to go to that level, um, I, I quickly realized, okay, well, you know, uh, they quick, they definitely don't value me wanting to stay there. So uh, why should I be so loyal? And then it came to a point where, as much as I did want to be there, again, as I just said, I had to look out for myself. And I said, all right, well, clearly we're not going to get something done here. Um, and I guess we're just going to have to move forward as much as that disappoints me. So. Um, did catch me off guard. Uh, didn't really, I, I mean, I shouldn't say that it caught me off guard in the sense that I didn't think it was going to happen as quickly as it did. You know, there's a month, the trade deadline. I thought they were going to maybe drag their feet a little bit, try to get a little bit more, but, um, you know, I guess they got an offer that they really liked for the Islanders. And again, it, it's a team I did have some interest in, so I'm happy it got done and I'm looking forward to, to getting started and, and playing with, uh, you know, Barzell. Hopefully we can, you know, make uh, make great chemistry together and um, and also make Mark Williams, you know, cringe every time he put the puck in the net. So um, I really don't like that guy. I really don't, it always goes back <laughs> to him. That's just, that's just Lou. Just, that's he, just Lou talking to you. He rubs, he rubs he rubs my GM the wrong way, and I'm already very loyal to Lou. So. <laughs> um, one more question for you. Where were you when you found out that the trade happened? Uh, I was at Disneyland. Uh, I was at Disneyland with the family on on vacation. Uh, you know, I got the call. I was, you know, I was doing a meet and greet with Goofy, um, which is similar to Mark. Actually, they they got a got similar name there. With, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I I got the I got the call there, and you know, I was uh, I was shocked. I was surprised, and you know, listen, I I hear Long Island's got the best egg sandwiches, pizzas, and and bagels. So I'm I'm really excited to come over and and divulge in and uh, in those foods. You know, Western Canada. It's not really not nearly as good. Um, I'm just gonna take this question just because it means a lot to me. I don't know if people know it, but I wore 53 in Vancouver because I had a friend 
um, friend of mine that I played with, he was a goalie. Um, he kind of tragically passed. So um, normally a player can't wear 35. That's a goalie number. So I just, I just flipped it around and uh, I've worn that my whole career. Um, you know, Casey Sezikis, he he's wore it well here in his career. You know, he's a veteran. So I, I don't, you know, I didn't expect for him to give up, nor did I, you know, nor did I want to, that wouldn't have been right. So um, I just took, you yeah, you know, I took 14, you know, Lou has his weird things with high Jersey numbers. So um, I just took the good old one, four. That's the story behind that. Well, Bo, thank you very much for joining us. And of course you can get the Islander sandwich that's served on a, a blue and orange bagel. That's right at UBS arena. Yeah. Uh, I, I look forward to, I look forward to trying that. And, um, you know, uh, hopefully I don't see you at UBS because Again, Lou does not like when you enter the building, just letting you know. Well, as long as he doesn't have the facial recognition software like Jim Dolan has. All right. Thank you very much for joining us because we also have a second person that is joining us. We've been trying to get him on the show for a while. He's kind of been dodging us. He won't return my phone calls. But fortunately, we have Mr. John Falkowski as Connor Bedard. I'm the number one overall pick. Where am I going now? Kind of bored with junior hockey. Not much for you know me to do there. I put on a show at the World Juniors. I do my thing, get my nice contract. You know, where am I going? Is it going to be Arizona? Am I playing in front of five thousand people? Am I going to Seattle? That's probably not going to happen now. But that was my original thought. Or am I going to be playing in Montreal because their general manager was stupid enough to trade a first round pick for a depth defenseman last year? I don't know, but we'll see where I end up going. I just want to get to the NHL, make that bag, dangle a few goalies, shoot some pucks, and just live life, get myself a nice house, nice car, be the man, and then maybe challenge McJesus for the scoring title. So <laughs> what's, uh, what's on the docket here with question-wise? Connor, uh, you know – Everybody wants to say that there there's certain cities that they want to play in. Are there any cities that you absolutely are dreading are going to get that first overall pick? I mean, I think I just talked about one of them. I mean, am I going to play in front of 5,000 people in an arena that's named after a bad hairstyle? <laughs> I mean, what, what is this garbage? What, what is Gary Bettman doing? What, what, is, what are the Coyotes doing? I mean, I'm sure the fans are all nice there, and the uh, uh, the weather's probably really cool in the winter time. I mean, I, I guess you're close enough to Vegas, so you can always <laughs> just go hang out in Vegas in the off seasons or when I have some free time. But um, yeah, maybe you're gonna go there. Um, would I want to go to you know Chicago where the crime rate and the winds suck? So <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I'd want to do that, especially. With everything that happened with that team, why, why would I want to be besmirched with with that with that dirt? Um, I don't know what other cities would there be that would be interested in my services <laughs> that would be bad enough to get me. Hmm. Let's see. Who else is at the bottom of the barrel in the standings? Uh, uh, well, you got Columbus. You want to go play with Johnny Gaudreau? What the hell is there to do in Columbus? Didn't the Athletic put out like an article like uh, a couple years back that said the uh, 
that, that, that players didn't like playing for them because their management was too rigid or something like that. And then other players said that there was nothing to do there. I mean, I'll go to Anaheim. Anaheim sounds fun. All right. Well, I, don't there we go. Wanna, I, don't, I don't know if I'd want to play with that moron coach, though, in San Jose. Keep me the hell away from that dude. That, <laughs> I think that dude would try to turn me into a checking forward. All right. Anthony? Um, Connor, um, I know there's the possibility that, that Patrick Kane decides that he does not want to go anywhere. Um, and maybe see out his career in Chicago. Um, how excited would you be if that situation plays out? Uh, Blackhawks win the lottery, and you get to start your career playing with Patrick Kane, one of the best American players there is of all time. Um, would I have to drag him around by his arthroscopically replaced hip? Because isn't that the injury that he has to deal with? Supposedly, it's, it's his hip. Yes. I mean, um, is he going to turn to dust if he gets like hit or something? Because he's pretty old, man. Tumbleweeds everywhere. Yeah, this isn't the Wild Wild West, buddy. Whoever's <laughs> playing with the graphics, get you know, get on top of things. <laughs> over there. Cheesy ass graphics during my freaking post conference. <laughs> what are these people doing? For me? <laughs> All What's right. With you. Connor, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, uh, look forward to the next time. Yeah, the next time I probably shoot a puck through your car window. Well, I always get killed on those. <laughs> thanks very much, everybody, for joining us for the Honest Press Conferences, where we say what the athletes would really want to say. So uh, let's do some news and notes, a Q&A. What do you guys got? Anything? Um, about, by the way, how about Tom Brady retiring today? Yeah. Yep. Tyler Mott has been made available. So the New York Rangers should go after him because it makes a ton of sense considering they've already acquired him once and the the price shouldn't be too, too bad. Uh, It was David Panyota of the fourth period, a friend of the show who actually reported this. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. So, um, that that's an interesting one. Yeah, uh, you know what i I think Mott would fit good for the Rangers. Um, you know they're familiar with him. Uh, you know i I still think I still think because of the Rangers cap situation next year. Um, I think it's best that they go like guy like Barbashev. I think that's a perfect guy for them to go for this year. Uh, you know, last year he may have been a career high. I think he had like close to 60 points um, this year. He's not producing as much, but he's still a guy that you can plug into your top six. He plays the game with grit. He's got size. Um, I think he'd be a good fit for the Rangers, but I do, I do expect the Rangers to have a trade deadline day that they had similar last year. Not really, not said, really yeah. any huge names or huge moves, but just a bunch of solid guys to, to build with their overall depth that will make them more of a complete team up and down the lineup. So, What do you guys yeah. think about this one? What player would each of you say? Guaranteed to be traded. Ooh, um, a guarantee to be traded? Gavrikov is a guarantee. Someone's yeah. going to pony up for him. And it just I, – I, I think he's going to get something maybe even better than what David Savard got 
Um, I, I know that they were talking about that as a return, but I can actually see it scary enough. I think some team is going to go out because I think he's a better defender than Savard and and um, and Ben Chirot or so. I, I think so. pay for him. I think Gavrikov's definitely going to go. They're a bottom dweller. He's an R, he's a UFA. It only makes sense to trade him. Another one. I know I mentioned. Timo Meyer, I think he's definitely being traded, but I, I do I think Tarasenko is definitely a guy that's going to be traded. I mean, he he axed out for more than a year ago. It never happened because the Blues were you know in the playoff chase and whatnot, and he had more years left on his contract, so it was harder to move. But his his, his contract finally expires this this off season. Um, the Blues don't look like they're going to make the playoffs. I think Tarasenko is also definitely getting traded. Finally, yeah, I I would agree there. I think he's he's a lock to go. Um, I like Barbashev as a fit for the Rangers. Uh, I, I don't see him replicating 60 points again, though. Not when you shot at 23% to do so. So, no, um, I don't see that happening. Um, I would like Barbashev. I think he would be a real good fit. I think Mott is definitely getting dealt. Um, Luke Shen is another one that I think is definitely getting dealt. But I don't he's not getting the first, though. I, I know Ben Chirac got a first, which was – was, but I don't. I don't see any I think way. Think better Shen. than Shen. Um, getting... I'm gonna go with two names and say that they're definitely getting moved. One of them, we're finally going to have a Jacob Chikrin trade. I just think they have to do it. And by the way, see, I, I, offer, I, 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 I think, I think it's not gonna happen because it's if they're not moving him, they gotta move Shane Gossespierre. I know because Shane Gossespierre is gonna be a UFA at the end of the year. It grinds and, your gears to, to keep on having to talk about him, but I don't think he's getting traded. I, I have him listed as staying. I don't. I don't think he. I don't. I don't, think, I don't think so either, because I, I think that's going to be an off-season deal where it's a team that's either a younger team that's trying to take that next step, or a bubble team that's going to end up adding him. Because I don't think a contender is going to completely take away from their roster. A guy like that fits into several different teams' timelines. So I would. Um, I definitely would like to uh, see that happen in the offseason. And I got one more because Rutherford's already said major surgery. Brock Besser's gone. I think so. Yeah, I think he's definitely that, gone. And, I, and the word that actually came out, that actually, thank you for bringing him up. Word that came out last night on um, TSN's insider trading uh, in the intermission in last night's Ottawa game. Uh, was that uh, Vancouver is willing to retain on Brock Besser to make a deal work, yeah. but um, they're just trying to see um, what uh, what the packages would be and what the, the desired retention would be at that point. Um, Garland is – I can't believe Connor Garland has fallen out of favor in Vancouver that way. Uh, that's just – that's unbelievable. But I think if Vancouver retained a little bit on him, oh boy, would they? I, I think there would be a, a nice little bidding war for him. Nothing crazy, but more than what you would expect for somebody having the year that he's having. Yeah. They, I, 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 can I reverse the expression and say I would drive to the airport to go pick up Connor Garland? Does, does, would that help it? Or <laughs> it, I, I think he would help the Rangers. I think he could fit on I, any one of their three, any one of their four lines, really, and he would help out big time. But I just, I don't think the Rangers are going to add somebody with term. No, I don't think so. Somebody either. like Janot who's cheap at this point. 
and that's why yeah. I could see them going after UFAs. And speaking of the Rangers, absolutely not. <laughs> no Milan Lucic. Larry has lost his damn mind. Like, I understand you got to write about something, but come on. Larry, get a grip, man. <laughs> Somebody um, mentioned, um, oh, ooh, here it is. Christine mentioned Alexander Barabanov. That would be a real good one. Yep. Um, I, I think he's under contract uh, going forward. I think, I believe, I believe he is. All right. I think he's an RFA. I'm just trying to check. No, right actually, he's, he's a UFA, and, but he's got Whoa. one year left. Okay. Oh, because he's 26. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he's a UFA. Um, I I would definitely take a chance on him, and I could definitely see that. And he's it's it's 2.5 million, so he's real easy to fit in with a cap. Oh, God. Oh, here's – yeah. Nope. That's not yeah. good. That is not. Yeah, that is very good. much not good. Oh, they could also though, they could also put him on LTIR though, and then make a move, which Vegas seems to always do. Yeah. yeah. So, is it team of time in Las Vegas? <laughs> I mean, what the thing is about that? What assets? What, do what they, would they give up at this point? They've yeah, away a lot I mean, of their young prospects. I don't know what they have to what they would have to give up. Um. Uh, all right, I was going to highlight two uh, two comments. I mean, what do you think? I was going to go to that here. one. Uh, welcome to the show, by the way. Um, and just a speculation, but I think three forwards to look out for the abs acquiring. Marcus Foligno, Dakota Joshua, and Austin Watson. Um, I think Marcus Foligno makes a ton of sense to the avalanche. A ton I, of sense. They need I a also think forward. I also think shoot higher uh, for Goli. I think the Avalanche are gonna. I think they're gonna be after RRR. I think they're gonna be involved yeah. in Jonathan. Hay. I think they're gonna be involved in Jonathan Taves. Um, you know, because they were they were I heard they were interested in Bo Horvat. So I, I think they are gonna look for another yeah. another center. So I, I think for sure they're gonna be in the mix for those two guys. Yeah, and uh, they might move Samuel Gerard, but they might wait till after the offseason. Uh, uh, Frigel is saying. But yeah. uh, I like this one here too from uh, from AZ uh, Jacob Magna thoughts. Uh, San Jose, I, I highly doubt moves Jacob Magna right now. He's probably their number two guy, so um, I, I I don't see it happening. Well, we we'd love to see it happen, but I don't yeah, think we would love to, but I don't I don't see yeah. it. Jacob Magna would be perfect for them. Mikey D was asking, "What is your perfect trade deadline for the Rangers?" Anthony, we'll flip this over for the Islanders in a moment. Uh, name, position, etc. Keep both first. I want Barbashev is what he's saying. Phil, let me go with you first. A perfect trade deadline. Um, geez, I I don't really even. I think a perfect trade deadline is you go out and you get Vladimir Tarasenko, and then you go out and you get another depth defenseman. Like if you want absolute perfect, you want like perfect that's maybe possibly unrealistic for this team. They go get Tarasenko, and they go get Gabrikov. That would be perfect because that that would give them the depth they need up front, and then it would give them the defender that they need on that third pairing to to stick. To help stabilize Schneider, um, you you can 
you can run out three real solid pairings come playoff time at that point. Um, actually, I, I'll, I'll add Tyler Mott to that. So it would be Tarasenko, Mott, and Gavrikov would be the perfect trade deadline for the Rangers because you need a bottom six forward and Mott that can help kill penalties. You need a power play guy and a sniper and Tarasenko, and you need a, a third-pairing defenseman in Gavrikov. That would be perfect, and that's all I would ask for. I, I mean – it would be it would be absolutely perfect, but looking at cap friendly, they only have six point seven million dollars of cap of cap. I know space that's why deadline. I said it's unrealistic. They, I mean, they would have to send back contracts, obviously, and Sammy Blay would have to go. Oh no! Don't get rid of Sammy Blay. What do you? Like, I mean, what do you think the chances are that? if the Rangers decided to try to do something bigger, it would result in them having to move someone like, you know, Philip Heedle. Do you think there's any chance they would move a Heedle for a bigger name player? Only Ryan O'Reilly. They're not moving it for Ryan O'Reilly. Are you kidding me? They, no, you're talking about a bigger name guy because it would fill up that third line center. <laughs> no way. They are you, not but... moving Philip Heedle for Ryan O'Reilly. Mark, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly is not doing well this year. Six goals, 10, 10 assists right now. I think that was the last numbers that I saw. And he's doing better with Car Shield than he's doing with the St. Louis Blues. But you're also talking about a guy that's got a con smite and a selkie to his, to his name. They're not going to move. He, uh, 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 that would be – this would be it. If they were going to move Filipino, it would be for Timo Meyer. And that would be it, and you would be understandable at that point. That would be yeah. the only tolerable way you could move Filipino. Ne- definitely not for an older UFA like Ryan O'Reilly. That's just all right. Crazy. All right, I kind of went from the gut. That's right. so. I mean, dude. so the Rangers, the Rangers have, I think it's sixteen million dollars of cap space in the offseason. So theoretically, if they moved Hedl on a deal from Meyer, Meyer's going to get out of that sixteen million. Meyer's going to get at least eight, eight and a half of that. So you're left with. Let's say eight million. So you have eight million to sign Keandre Miller, Lafreniere, and then just kind of fill out the rest of your team. It would be tight. It would yeah, be. Yeah, but you got to remember really you're tight. minusing out two, and then whatever whatever other salary you're sending back in return. So you're you're getting rid of Sam. I would assume they're probably going to send Sammy Blay back in that deal. If they're giving up Philip Hill, they're probably going to have to take back Sammy Blay to make the salary work. So you're, you're bringing in Meyer, and yes, then you, you you know all that space disappears. You give Meyer the eight. Um, someone else is going to be moved some way or another to make something happen there. I can I can tell you that right now. But I, I personally don't see Meyer to the Rangers. No, That's I don't. I don't need nope. it. And uh, I think smaller moves are the better moves anyway. Uh, Barbashev, fine. That that would be fine. Remember the the Rangers went out. They got Frank Petrano, Tyler Mott, uh, Justin Braun, and and then Andrew Kopp was the big piece. And and even with that, this is why I say with it, Anthony, it's okay to get a guy as long as you're going to – that's a UFA, and you let him go. It just happens. You have to give up the assets. But it's – for the Rangers, their middle six is where you have to worry about. That's why I don't look at guys like Patrick Kane or – uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, I think they're going to be. Chris an says anyway. you trade Lafreniere before Heedle. Um, and I mean, he's not—he's not wrong. I mean, the center depth. Uh, I, I think honestly, I think I could get on board with that. I think I think I might. I think well, I the might new narrative that. now with all the Ranger fans is keep waiting because after all, Philip Heedle took this jump, 
Kako should be on track to do that next year. And then it's two more years for Lafreniere or some other thing. Look, I, I do agree. Patience might be what they needed. And we're all not, I don't think any one of us agrees with the way they're developing players, but if that's what they're trying to do, go ahead. But it's not working for a reason. And uh, the kid line only plays great together. I still am waiting for uh, Panarin to be playing with Heedle. Try that. Yeah. And Trocek with Kako. I am, I'm, uh, this is X is with the Habs. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, the Habs really don't have anything on the market that would necessarily, I mean, who, Josh Anderson. I mean, they could trade Josh Anderson, but again, he has a higher cap hit. Um, and I th- think he's got years left. So I don't think the Rangers would, would want to take that on. So I don't know. No, um, but there was one thing that interests me for them. We just make sure Joel, he's still there. Joel Edmondson. I mean, that's really that's really about it. Um, I was thinking Joel Armia. Hold on. No, no. They just traded for Kirby Doc. He, and he's he's someone they're going to build around. There's no way Montreal's trading Kirby Doc. Sean Monahan is on the market. He's on uh, whether it be the fourth period or at the Athletic. He's on the list of trade bait guys. So Monahan could be could be moved but um again his cap i don't i don't see the rangers get, uh, making a trade for a guy like sean mana and i i don't yeah because he he's got he's another one who's got a uh a cap hit beyond this year i believe yeah yeah and i got my hand i'm not curious to, to see is um about which oh no he's the ufa at the end of the year Monahan, Monahan. actually hmm that makes things interesting. But his cap hit right now, though, is still is like what around five? It, 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 it he had a six point three seven five cap hit. They could retain on that Montreal. You got to remember they can retain. Yeah, they could. Yeah. That makes things a little interesting. Um, I don't. I mean, he's got seventeen points in only twenty five games, which is actually decent, but. Um, I think I, I I'm really curious, actually, about what what other moves I think the Islanders are going to make. Because, like I said, you know, Lou Lou didn't get Vancouver to to retain 25 percent for no reason, and or not place Clutterbuck and Wally on LTIR. I think I think he's got another move coming. I mean, I know Phil mentioned they need defense, and I I do. I do agree with him. However, with Clutterbuck and Wallstrom out for the rest of the season, they still have, you know, Simon Holmstrom and guys like Josh Bailey in the lineup. I I, I still want to say he's going to target another forward to bump, like to either bump Holmstrom or Bailey to the press box and give them better options at the forward position. I, I, I still think he is. My guess is that he's going to try to add another forward. I don't know. I don't know who that may be yet. Um, I know obviously Tarasenko's out there, but I think he's going to add another forward. Because in a perfect world, I think he would prefer Holmstrom or Bailey in in the press box to upgrade to upgrade the forward position. So that, that's that's my guess. I, I think he's. I think he has his eyes set on another forward. Hmm. Um, okay. Would Mini trade Hartman? Probably now they would. Yeah. 
Last year, he I, I put him as one of the most underpaid players in the league. His numbers have regressed back to his norm. Uh, let's see. We got Calgary, a cap friendly. I'm going to them right now because look, the Islanders, the Islanders have uh, all their draft picks the next few years. Now, Andrew Ladd is not going to play a game for the for the Arizona Coyotes this year. Yeah, so the they're going to give up. They're going to give up the pick. third. Yeah, correct. So they have their second. I don't see Lou dealing that second this year. And could you imagine uh, him saying, I'll deal that first? So it's there's there's moves to be made. I just don't think he's going to make a big splash. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not saying it's going to be a big splash, but I think he's I think he's targeting another forward. I I I really do. I think he's going to try. I think he's going to try to get, you know, like I said, Holmstrom or Bailey in the press box. Um, yeah, you know, Christy, I, I saw this. For you guys that might have missed it, I think it was Friedman and Merrick were – were kind of like spitballing, saying now that now that they added Horvat, could they then move a center? Because now they have five NHL centers, and suggested maybe Pajot go go to Carolina for you know a guy like you know Taravainen. But I don't one. I don't. Why see would the Carolina move Taravainen for Pajot? That's a loss I, for them. I don't yeah. see the. I don't. I don't see the Islanders. Trading with a division rival, um, I don't. Not One, two. two, two. Lou values. We all know Lou values two-way players who you know play hard and can chip in offense. And you know, right now the Islanders are really, really stacked at the center ice position, and that's an important position. Um, and I don't see him. I don't see him taking away from that. So I, I don't see. I do not see Pajot going anywhere. Um, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't be able to throw this one out there, Anthony. Do you know who leads the New York Islanders in power play goals? JG Pajot with five. Yeah. He's not, he's not going, he's not, he's not going anywhere. Um, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't see that happening. The only, no, not even that. I was going to say that maybe they would, Maybe they would look to subtract the forward from the roster, but I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do that. Yeah, I don't know about what, how many prospects the Islanders have. They're really all, all that great right now. Um. Well, obviously, William Dufour uh, is their is their best forward prospect, and he um, can develop. Yeah, you know, Ruslan Ishikov was just named to the AHL All Star Game. This is his first year pro, um, and he's played well. Um, but they need they need to find hidden gems. Like Dufour was a fifth round pick. He broke out. Um they drafted a they drafted a player by the name of Matthew Maggio in the fifth round of last year's draft. Um he leads the OHL in scoring. So being that their their prospect pool um isn't very deep, these are the type of guys that have to hit on. So if a guy like Maggio, who was drafted in the fifth round, um is a surprise and develops. That that's that's the stuff they're going to have to try to find right now with having with trading their first the last four years. So, um, yeah, they don't they don't have they don't have really top end prospects, but they do have enough solid prospects between DeFore, Ishikov, Boldick. Um, you know, Holmstrom's still young, so they, they got guys there. But yeah, they don't. That's why they they're not they're not going to make any more major trades that require a lot of assets going the other way. By the way, good for news for you right now, Anthony. Carolina leads Buffalo three to one in the first period. Yeah, yeah. 
So, all right. Uh, so I know we started a little bit late, everybody, but we're going to wrap it up right here because uh, it's always great having a uh, great talk with you guys. 30 of you are still watching right now. It has been phenomenal to have all you here. And a matter of fact, 73 of you were watching these two break down the Bo Horvat trade. So if you haven't watched that, go check that out. Uh, so all-star game and next week, guys. Uh, Anthony, what do you think Bo Horvat will do? And is he going to move to the wing? Or sorry, no, not, not is he going to move to the wing. Does Bo Horvat score in his first game as New York Islander? Say it again. Does Bo Horvat score in his first game as a New York Islander? Against the Flyers? Sure. Yeah. All right. Phil, what do you think? No, I, I, I think he scores maybe in the second game or so. Anthony's going to have his detective. Well, it's all right. We're going to close it all up anyway. Yeah. So, everybody, once again, Thanks for joining us right now. As I mentioned before, we're joining the Hockey Podcast Network. Don't worry, YouTube, everything is going to stay exactly the same. Uh, we're going to have a lot more to talk about next week. And, you know, just there has been a lot to cover already. I, it's going to be an interesting trade deadline, Phil. We're going to have a month. It uh, only Right now we're 30 days away from that trade deadline. And hopefully it's just as exciting as when me and you did that last year. And, I mean, man, talking we had to do for three hours on it. So, (laughs) all right. Phil, uh, you got the last word on it tonight. Go Rangers. All right. Everybody, thank you very much. Have a great night. Take care.